This is Not Your Average Bucket List by Only In Your State, a podcast about exploring the hidden gems right in your own backyard. I fit, do you think we can get the rights to a Bruce Springsteen song to open up this episode? <laughs> or <laughs> I mean, you should know. Like, you're probably friends with him, right? Like, yeah, of course. He just okay. he just lived down the street from me. No big deal. For, for um, sure. I mean, I don't even yeah. know if you're joking. So. No, no, no. I'm definitely joking. <laughs> no. Okay. No. Um, yeah. So I am very much excited to talk about New Jersey because I, I feel like ever since, so I grew up in New Jersey, I was there for, until I was 18, 19 years old and, and then the Jersey shore happened and everybody's idea of what New Jersey is shifted entirely. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, whenever I think of Jersey shore, I, I don't need them associate with the state. It's like its own little universe. Like that doesn't right. sound right for me. Like, did it, was it stressful for you to have people like want to talk about Snooki and yeah, whatever all the, the time? <laughs> yes. Because it, at that point I was living in Florida and it's like, Oh, you're from New Jersey. What do you, how do you feel about, you know, the Jersey shore? How do you feel about, uh, you know, whatever the, the gym tanning laundry and, <laughs> I'm just like, I have no idea what that even means. Like I grew up in, in rural New Jersey, which closer to Pennsylvania. And actually I lived very close to, uh, one of these places we're going to talk about today on this episode, which, uh, I'm excited about, but I mean, I love that we brought up the Jersey shore because that's a unique horror story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, A whole different kind of urban legend right there. (laughs) Um, but so yes, our season of local lore and legends, it's in full swing. I think we're like kind of close to the halfway mark of what we're doing. Uh, yeah, we're on episode seven, not include, I don't know if that is including or not including the intro we did this season. Yeah. Including, including the intro we're on seven. Yeah. And we've already covered, so local lore and legends, we've, we've pretty much dissected certain States and we've, talked about Mothman. We've talked about uh, the Boo Hag in South Carolina, the Devil's Chair in Florida. And today we're doing a deep dive on New Jersey. Um, Personally, I already knew there are some really weird, kooky places out there. Um, What about you? What's your experience with New Jersey? Did you know of any of these things? Uh, Okay, so I have long been interested in the New Jersey devil. I might've told this story already on the podcast, but I grew up going to a a private school and I transferred over to a public school when I was in eighth grade. So perfect timing, by the way, Uh, you know, height of puberty and awkwardness and just, yeah, that was a smart move. Uh, And the way I introduced myself to my classmates is that I gave a presentation on the Jersey devil and spontaneous human combustion. It was a twofer. Um, And then they're like, oh yeah, okay, this chick's weird. We got, we got it. (laughs) Um, But I've always thought it was like fascinating. I love lore and the New Jersey devil specifically, I've always been a fan of, and I'm excited to talk about it today. But also, Whenever I was looking at only in your state with all the different legends for New Jersey, I was shocked at how many there were. It, there's just like, and I feel like this is a, a, a trend for this season because as we dive into a state, I think there's maybe just one, two things. No, that's it is its own like cabinet of weird, amazing stuff. Um, 
I didn't know about the watcher. Did you, did you know about the watcher growing up or? No, it was not a thing. Okay. I didn't even know about it until that Netflix show came out. Exactly. And I same. was like, wait, where is this? Where did this <laughs> take place? Like no idea. So are you, were you close to Westfield? That's, I think that's where the watcher took place. I, I, I couldn't even tell you where that is. Okay. Um, so that one I discovered too because of the show and then I started digging into it. And for me, I know that it's not as exciting as maybe a demon baby, but it is the most horrifying because imagine you, I mean, we can just talk about it and just maybe delve into why yeah. it's so terrifying. Yeah, let's jump in. Okay, so basically the Watcher was this entity, this mystery person who was watching over a home in Westfield, New Jersey, and was basically harassing the family, but it didn't start out that way. They, this family, um, I always miss the Broadduses, I think is how you say it. Um, they moved into 657 Boulevard in New Jersey in Westfield. And after they moved in, they were just getting the place ready to, you know, have their kids repainting it, stuff like that. They got a mysterious letter in the mail. And if you want to really read into the full, full story, The Cut did an amazing uh, deep dive into it. But mm. basically, the the letter started out saying, 657 Boulevard has been the subject of my family for decades now. And as it approaches its 110th birthday, I have put in charge of watching and waiting for its second coming. So already, new family moving into the house, mysterious anonymous letter appearing in the mailbox starts out like that. No. I mean, I'd be packing my bags just, yeah, 100%. just immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then as this intro letter goes on, it says, it's now my time. Do you know the history of the house? Do you know what lies within the walls of 657 Boulevard? Why are you here? I will find out. Do you need me to fill the house with or do you need to fill the young house with the young blood I requested? Better for me. Was your old house too small for the growing family? Or was it agreed to bring me your children? Once I know their names, I will call to them and draw them to me. You get yeah. out. You get out at uh -oh. that point. <laughs> yeah. No. That's. And basically, I, I don't want to go over the entire uh, entire series. And honestly, the show did a really good job of portraying the story, I thought. Um but weeks, months of receiving these anonymous letters. And the anonymous letters weren't only to that specific house. There are more in the community. They were being sent from different people. There might have been copycats. And I mean, is there anything you want to add to it that if you did any research? Because it's just this weird situation of there's no one to blame. We can't figure out who it is. They're threatening us, but not really threatening us. How do we right. solve this problem? Yeah. No, I think what was fascinating about this story is like that gray area of, you know, you can only get like local law enforcement involved to a certain degree. Right. Because what can they really do? So the you true know? terror of humans, right? Like, like you said, you don't know what they can do. Um, yeah. Same with like, if someone was stalking you, sure, you can get a restraining order, but does that gonna protect you from any bodily harm? No, right. <laughs> not right. necessarily. Yeah. Um, so yeah, dark twist yeah. to horror, but the reality of society and having to put your trust in people and understand when you can actually get help. That is, yeah. yeah. I think it's all, so just the fact that Yes, I think for me, if I got that very first letter talking about young blood, stuff in the walls, like 
already I'm like, no, what? No, definitely not. So I remember <laughs> just watching the Netflix show and being like, why aren't they leaving? Yes. What is happening? And then it turns out, like, I don't know how much, you know, like poetic justice was given to the story for Netflix, but they were saying it was like a, a money issue. Right. Financially, they couldn't leave. And that just, that adds to a whole other area of like terrifying nature that you're stuck in a place now. Mm-hmm. Now it's not even like, you know, by choice. I think they like went to hotels and were trying to yeah. like amp up security or whatever, but you're, you're basically being terrorized by a, a person who doesn't seem like they're in their right mind. Cause first and foremost, who's writing these letters and just like answer, like asking open-ended questions in a letter. Like imagine just sitting down and writing a letter, just asking a bunch of questions. Like, right. Yeah. No. So yeah, that, that to me, like those types of stories are probably the scariest because Mm -hmm. there's no, at least with ghosts and paranormal activity, you're like, Oh, this could be true, but it also could not be true Mm -hmm. versus something like this that you know it's a legend in itself but it's it's like also just true like yeah it happened it's reminds me of the most mundane horror story that's also the most terrifying so if i don't know if you've ever um like whenever you're younger and you're staying at like sleepovers or whatever and they tell talk about the uh uh the lock the doors and windows and the call was coming from inside and all of these like very like traditional uh like stories kids tell each other to scare them but like it's mundane but so horrifying like yeah, yeah uh, right. it wasn't your dog licking your hand the dog <laughs> the dog was dead <laughs> you know yeah th- those books what was it like scary sc- stories mm. to tell in the dark did you have those oh yeah they're like my yep. favorite but also just the illustrations and yep. there's yeah they no, like the green it, ribbon um do you remember that one yes those are those books are yes just, maybe we should have like a like a story time and just read those books i feel we like that should so, so fun. I, re- I remember there was one which pro- this makes so much sense it was about this butcher who was like just killing people in the deli and then grinding them up and serving them to the townspeople yeah so like d- is this why i've been vegan for eight years did it all did we find the root of <laughs> that and you watch Sweeney Todd way too young and then you're like whoa can't trust them forget wow. about preservatives I don't I don't want any of people's <laughs> yeah that's that's the it's it strikes a core that's just so normal but terrifying yeah. which is a little bit different compared to some of the other stories I think we came across for New Jersey like that is a special yeah. little a little nod to life yeah. is just scary no matter what. <laughs> yeah. But, um, did you want to dive into like maybe some of your like personal Jersey stories or? Yeah. So I've, I've had, there were a couple of stories. One in particular involves shades of death road, which already mm-hmm. like, come on the, the name, name alone, <laughs> you know, like why would you drive on this What's, road? What city planner was like, you know what? Right. I got it. <laughs> I got this. So it's really interesting because where I grew up, I lived near it. So I did drive on it. You really want to avoid driving on it at night. That's just like a thing. Granted, I haven't been there in a very long time in New Jersey living, but it's like when you heard of Shades of Death Road, you just did not want to drive on it, especially at night. So was that its official name? Like, was it on the sign or is it like? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Yes. So it's like the origin story of the name, basically they were saying that, um, 
it, there's a bunch of different uh, ideas of where it could have started. One of them was like a, this group of unruly squatters lived there. Um, they would like be wild, disorderly, fight over women and just basically kill each other for fun. And so, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then an, another name came from back when it was originally settled. It was like a swampy marshland in the 1850s. Um, there was an outbreak of malaria. It killed a ton of people. So they're like, okay, that might be the origin story of the name. Okay. But it's like beyond the origin story, murders have happened on this road. So a man was murdered on the side of the road with his own carjack. Uh, a wife murdered her husband, buried the head on one side, the torso on the other side of the oh road. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then there was an unsolved murder of this man, Bill Cummings. He was shot near his home and then just, like, buried under the muck of the area. Mm-mm. Okay, next Netflix special, right. Shades of Death Road. Right. So also growing up, there was this urban legend about Shades of Death Road that if you're driving on the road at night and and you hit a deer... And then you go out to your of your car to find the deer. It's like you'll die in a couple of days or something like that. No, don't do that. Right. First of all, there are so many deer in New Jersey. It's mm. like guaranteed to happen. Mind it's you. It's a numbers game. It's just. Right. Statistically, it's going to happen. <laughs> so this did happen to me when I was like 18, 19. Oh no. I yeah. So actually I didn't hit the deer. It like hit me. You know how deer just <laughs> run across the yes, road. I, and it's I like, do. <laughs> right. So his insurance would have been responsible. Oh, no. no, but so I was driving, it just like ran into my car. I had a like a bigger SUV, like a Ford Explorer. So it hit my car and then kind of just I wasn't driving very fast either. And it just kind of got on the hood a little bit, scrambled, and then ran off. Okay. So I was like, okay, let me just make sure this thing is okay. So I pull over. Mind you, Shades of Death Road, surprise, surprise, has minimal lights. It's like very rural, forested. You're driving. It's basically your headlights, and that's pretty much it. So I got out of the car, and I was like, please, let me find this. Let me just see the deer. Hold on, hold on. Teen teen Marissa gets out of the car at night after hitting the deer by herself. Right, right. Why? She was much braver back then. What's happening? What happened? I don't know. I I don't know. Too many scary stories to read in the dark. (laughs) Yeah, I just got out because I also just was like, I need to make sure this deer is okay, even though it was the deer's fault. And I couldn't find it. Yeah. But I did hear it, like, you know, going off into the woods. So I was like, okay, at least I heard it. So I'm not going to die in three days. But those are pretty scary three days after uh, you hit a deer on that road where you're just like, you know, looking over your shoulder kind of thing, but you know what? I'm starting to see maybe the trauma of hitting this or the deer hitting you, <laughs> you going out and looking for it and then waiting to see if something would happen. I think maybe this is the start of something. Right. It could oh. definitely. Yes. So oh, this is the origin story of Marissa's fears. Oh God. No, I would absolutely. Well, two things. If I hit a deer on a road and I wasn't sure if it was dead and I was by myself, it was at night and it was in the countryside. I would not get out because, you know, monsters in the woods, bears, people, whatever. Um, But also that terrifying, like, what if you find it and it's not okay? Yeah. What do you know? Yes. Yeah. Rough. Okay. Yeah. So fun stories on Shades of Death Road. And then also it's 
off of Shades of Death Road, there's a lake called Ghost Lake, which is said to be haunted. People have their own stories. Guys, stop naming this stuff. <laughs> right. Also, there is something about like a murderous mountain or it's just like all these things. Why don't you rename, you know? But yeah. The geography so of New Jersey just terrifying yeah. in and of itself. Yeah, I know. But yeah, so that's Shades of Death Road. And I'm sure everybody has their own story of that road because it's just, it's also like, yeah, the area is kind of marshy, woodsy, foresty. And then yeah. you have fog, which just, that lends itself to a whole other thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, on that note, it was shocking to me when I just saw how big the Pine Barrens were. So right. in New Jersey, I actually, I don't think of the Jersey Shore, but I also don't think of like massive forests but the yeah. pine barrens um are like a huge ecosystem that's actually protected is is that correct like the national reserve and is now a international biosphere reserve like so this this is huge it's you're gonna drive yeah. through it it sounds like at some point if you're in new jersey definitely yeah it's if you're so like growing up on the western side closer to Pennsylvania and then also just like southern if you're not on the eastern side of New Jersey you have a lot of experience with i would say the pine barrens with more nature it's mm -hmm. you know once you get closer to New York everything becomes a bit more city life but yeah pine barrens are are huge and they're really beautiful and it's it's like you know it's they have there's so many stories attached to them that people are kind of wary to visit mm -hmm. other people that don't enjoy being scared, yeah. but they're, they're really pretty and worth checking out. Yeah. And I think there's what, like three state forests within them themselves. And I actually discovered on uh, only in your state, we covered a cabin you can rent in the middle of the pine barrens, just like a little teeny cabin. And it's not haunted. It's not, it doesn't say anything about the Jersey devil, but you know, if you know, you know, I'm not sure <laughs> I would stay there. Um, but oh. yeah, I mean, we might as well just jump right into the to the big Let's bad of New Jersey. I would, I would love to hear what you think about the Jersey Devil. I wish you had your presentation from. Oh, my God. It was just like school. a little binder, you know, like the little plastic sleeves. To stand up. So, um, OK, I will say that there are multiple origin stories of the Jersey Devil. Like they're all very similar, but they usually involve the Pine Barrens, the Leeds family, and some sort of cryptid that is born on a dark and stormy night. So the one that I am most familiar with is in 1735, the mother Leeds, who was a Pine Barrens native, gave birth allegedly to her 13th child. It was a stormy night. I'm picturing an attic of a cabin and she's in labor whenever she gave birth it looked like a baby at first and this 13th child almost immediately transformed into basically a biped with leathery wings hooves and a horse's face <laughs> i mean that's what i'm that's the the image that's been going around the internet for for a few decades but whenever the baby was born and transformed it basically just said like i'm out flew up the chimney and was <laughs> and was gone um and i think there are a lot of people online who've done some research and 
According to Wikipedia, the mother Leeds was identified by some as Deborah Leeds and whose husband Jaffet Leeds uh, were had 12 named children in 1736. So if it was the 13th child of the Leeds family, it was most likely theirs. But, you know, that's just an assumption made on- online. So, yeah, I mean, the the story of the devil baby is because she, Mother Leeds, apparently you know, consummated with the devil and was a witch or some sort of Satanist. And the 13th baby was, you know, the the product of her and the devil. So mm. I don't know, before we move on to the sightings, is there any other origin that you heard that's like a slightly different take or? I mean, there, I, this was the story that was most commonly told mm-hmm. uh, in New Jersey was this about the the Jersey devil was basically just, yes, 13th child, dark and stormy night. It's like, you know, setting the scene for the perfect, uh, devil baby to be born. (laughs) And, um, I think what was so fascinating to me about this story in particular is that it's like so widely known in New Jersey that you could visit the official site of the state of New Jersey and they have a whole section on the Jersey devil. Do they really? yeah, like That's I don't know amazing. what other state leans into their urban legends like that, but I don't know. I thought that was really cool. And um, then the uh, Jersey Devil grew up and formed an NHL team. So <laughs> you know, it's, it's a happy ending, really. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because so we've talked about a lot of cryptids before mm-hmm. on this particular season, and this the Jersey Devil has a lot of similarities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, making loud screeching sounds, glowing red eyes. Uh, you know, I think the hooves kind of throw me for a loop. Just uh, there's something <laughs> creepy about hooves. But um, and then like people have speculated the size of it, that it's either yes. six feet tall and huge or like three to four feet small and just like, you know, cagey. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Whenever I think of the three foot version, um, I think of this very popular illustration of it that is just like a little, little dorky horse faced, <laughs> tiny bat wing demon who looks a little bit anemic. And I'm not exactly afraid of it, but I, I can't imagine it'd be fun to give birth to. No, yeah. <laughs> just like just a little yeah. guy. He's right. just, uh, yeah. So there, yeah, there are varied reports of exactly what he looks like. But yes, the horse face, the bat wings, the hooves are all very similar. And it seems like there were some sightings maybe in the, you know, 1700s, 1800s. But in 1901, it seems like the bulk of the sightings happened. Um, Similar to the Mothman, where there was a spree of people seeing it. So um, allegedly it attacked a trolley car in Haddon Heights, a social club in Camden, which I'm kind of doubtful of that. Like, did he just show up at the bar like... (laughs) I, I don't understand what exactly was happening there. Um, <laughs> but there have been reports in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, um, Delaware, Maryland of spotting this Jersey devil. And <clears throat> I, I don't know how true this is. I so desperately hope it is. But it was it's said that during this period that the Philadelphia Zoo posted a $10,000 reward for the creature. And this prompted so many hoaxes like a kangaroo equipped with claws and bat wings <laughs> oh no which i'd pay good money to see that i mean oh. i don't want any animal to have to be suffering through costumes but come on wow just like a buff kangaroo with with bat wings i'd see it 
I can only imagine the <laughs> the things that turned up for that contest. Absolutely. Absolutely. Interesting. Um, yeah, so I was just looking through onlyinyourstate.com and there was another uh first of all, I came across one particular article which I'm going to drop in the show notes. Um, and it's 13 reasons that New Jersey is the most terrifying state. Ooh. So Ooh. that in okay. and of itself, like, I love that. Um, it's that we, we do in that article touch on the Jersey devil. Can you pull, what? can you pull one fact that's in that article? That's not the Jersey devil. I just need to know. Yes. First of all, I'm just going to read some of the headlines. We have the most haunted home in America, the Seabrook Wilson house. Interesting. Uh, Clinton road. Real body was found of a notorious mob hitman. Um, Doesn't have the, the same murder. ring as uh, Shades of Death, though. No, yeah, Clinton Road. No, <laughs> um, the Devil's Tree. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, yes, they do talk about a lot of <laughs> mob murders, but um, no, that's just fine. Yeah. I just wanted, I needed to get a little tease of it. Uh, you know. Drop that yeah. link in and we can even, we can always touch base on, on our next episode of what we discovered of the 13, 13 reasons New Jersey is the most haunted state. Yeah. 13 reasons that New Jersey is the most terrifying state. Mm. Okay. And then we also have like all the urban legends. Apparently there's 16 urban legends we touch on in this particular article. One of them, we have our own Loch Ness monster, which that's new to me. Is it the Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> wait for it hoppy oh that's cute i i mean so yes it's in uh lake hopakong which actually is close to my house and apparently this is a very friendly sea serpent oh so, great i love i love I, to hear that if i just you know i'm taking a swim in. <laughs> if something's tugging at my feet i just know that hoppy's hanging out <laughs> Right. Okay, but wait. So, uh, it's described as being forty feet long, with no. the head of a canine and the body of a snake. I'm just gonna. Cool. Mm, that... I'm gonna drop that link in the show notes too. Absolutely, please do. Wow. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Anything else about New Jersey that you wanted to touch on? Dive into. Oh man. I mean, I, I don't think so. Uh, the Jersey Devil is is one of those things where I doubt there's been any sightings recently in recent history, and it's probably more of a modern legend that people just embrace. Like you said, the state really leans into it, but I love it so much, and I wish that every state had such a such a like mascot cryptid, you know? Mm. Like just they just yep, this is our guy. He's our yeah. little, little demon guy. But <laughs> I feel like the more we, we dive into these states, the more I'm realizing that like cryptids are a thing mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they also are all kind of like look alike or sound alike. And then I'm just wondering, like, why aren't there more cryptids now? You know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a there's a good percentage of people who's, you know, boohoo the whole idea and say, like, well, we would have seen evidence of da 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 da. But um. I do think that, especially in Appalachia and the Pine Barrens and these big expanses of desert, forest, whatever, there, there's bound to be creatures we don't know about. Think about the depths of the ocean, how many creatures we're identifying to this day. Um, 
I think it's entirely possible that there are animals that we just don't know exist and maybe we've mislabeled them as little demons or crones or, you know, Bigfoot. But I think they're out there. We're just uh, we're just too we think we're too big for our britches and we don't want to don't want to believe in it. It's like, oh, no, that's a it's a black bear or a bobcat or maybe it's a skinwalker. We don't know. If you're up for an audio adventure, we will be exploring local lores and legends in the U.S. on season two of Not Your Average Bucket List, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. So make sure to like, subscribe, and join us. Only in Your State is an award-winning travel publisher that uncovers hidden gems and local favorites across the U.S. We have a presence in all 50 states with a passionate following of fellow travelers looking to get out and explore. Head on over to OnlyInYourState.com to find the best attractions in your backyard and beyond.